Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. We're so excited you're tuning into one of our amazing messages. What you're about to hear is gonna be fresh, it's gonna be real, and it's gonna be powerful. It's gonna help you to grow stronger in your walk with God. It's gonna put faith on the inside of you. It's gonna cause you to be able to walk in greater dimensions of blessing and enlargement so that you can be a blessing to other people. Well, lean in, enjoy the word, God bless you. This morning, I want to preach to you behind enemy lines, behind enemy lines. Ezekiel 1.1, Ezekiel 1.1, let me, let me pull it up. Ezekiel, in fact, I'll pull it. It says, now it came to pass in the 30th year, in the fourth month, on the fifth day of the month, that as I was among the captives by the river Kabar, that the heavens were opened and I saw visions of God. And I saw visions of God on the fifth day of the month, which was in the year of King Jehoiakim's captivity. So I love this because Ezekiel is behind enemy lines. He's a, he's a, a Jew, but he's been taken captive. Israel was overthrown by the Babylonians. Jerusalem burned to the ground. Its gates, its city, its gates destroyed. The, the temple ransacked. And the children of Israel led away in humiliation to a foreign land. He's down by the river Kabar, not the river Jordan, by the river Kabar in a foreign land. And in a foreign land, God shows up. In a foreign land, God shows up. Sometimes we think that, that you know, God, if you could just fix the economy and just put the right president in, then this Christianity thing will work. You know, no pastor, you know, listen, if we can just get, you know, like if we can just move to a, a state that has religious freedom and a great economy and a great governor, whew, then we can really preach the gospel. But whatever you don't preach the gospel, whatever you do, don't move to Seattle in 2020 when Chaz Chop, Chaz Chop, whatever they're called, having their summer of love and their definition of love is rioting, burning, looting, killing, stealing, destroying. Hang on. You don't move to a crazy state in the middle of the most severe lockdowns with a crazy governor, with crazy people in charge because you think that I'm going to relocate to a place that is more gospel-friendly. In fact, I just want to honor Drew Davies, Pastor Drew Davies, because not only did he move to the, <laughs> he moved to the belly of the beast, but he's kind of like he's kind of like he, he he got swallowed by the belly of the beast, and the beast thought, yes, I've swallowed him. But Drew's in there hacking away because he got swallowed with the sword. The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. He hasn't stepped back from the Word. He's wielding the, the sword. He's breaking every single record. Can I just say they just closed on their first building or their, they bought their, you know, you don't buy your first building in your first year of having a church open, but Drew Davies did. He's rewriting all the record books and just, uh, that's their first. He said, well, it's not going to be our main campus, it's our first campus. And we're going to keep this location. We're going to add this one. And, and so he just busted all the records. But, but I'm telling you, you know, people would have said, listen, why don't you move to Arkansas, to Florida, to Nashville? That's where they, most of the churches, you know, come from Nashville. 
And, uh, but Drew didn't. Drew, Drew said, no, no, put, put, me, put me behind enemy lines. Put me behind enemy lines. I saw visions of God. The heavens were open, and I saw visions of God while I was behind enemy lines. Can I just say to you that God is a warrior? Did you know that? In Exodus 15 verse 3, it says, The Lord our God, the Lord is a man of war. The Lord is a man of war. Unfortunately, we've had a passivity gospel because we've had a woke gospel. And the woke gospel was the fruit produced by, by what I would say a very, very passive church. You, you were never meant to be passive. You, you, you and I were never meant to be passive. You know, I, I love, I love the, the, the story we used to tell it as, as kids where I think it was General Custer. You know, somebody comes through to General Custer and says, General, General, the Indians, Indians, uh, they're, they're, they're in front of us. And then someone else comes up, they're on our left. General Custer, General Custer, Indians on our right. Someone else, in fact, they're right behind. In fact, we're completely surrounded. And General Custer says, good, now they can't get away. We're completely surrounded by the enemy. Good. Now they can't get away. It doesn't matter which direction we shoot. We're going to be taking down the enemy. The church is built for war. Jesus said in in Matthew 16, I will build my church and same sentence. I will build my church and same sentence. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. I will build my church and the gates of hell. Listen, gates are a defensive instrument. They're not offensive. I've never visited, I've done thousands of hospital visits, Pastor Drew. Not once have I visited someone. What happened to you? You got hit by a gate. What? Yeah, someone ran down the street and hit me, clocked me in the head with a gate. No, no, no. Gates aren't for attacking. Gates are defense. Gates are, hey, keep out. Jesus, I'm going to build my church. And everywhere the the devil's put a gate saying keep out. Well, well, you can't can't really go into the high schools, Etor. You you can't go into the colleges. No, no, no. Well, there's CRT. You You can't go into everywhere where the devil has put the gate, has put a gate. The church is called to build... And, and the gates of hell will not prevail. We're not here hoping that the world will leave us alone and hoping that Newsom will be nice. We are here to take back Sacramento. We're here to flip California, to flip San Diego. We are here to take back our schools, to put the gospel back in schools, to put Christ back in schools, to put holiness back in schools, moves of God in schools. Can you imagine what would happen if the Bible's in schools and we had spirit-filled teachers and the Holy Ghost moving and kids filled with the Spirit and and dreaming of their their destinies and dreaming of their potential and being equipped and empowered? If the old school system's broken, we'll let it die and we'll start a brand new one, Awaken Academy, where young people have an encounter with the living God. So, you know, I say all of that to say I'm just so proud of, of our guys running. I so, was so thrilled when I saw Jim Desmond get across the line. We had some crazy Christians attacking him. It's always, it's always a sad thing when the, 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 the supposed righteous turn on one another. You know, the Bible says not to devour one another. But it was, you know, it was, but 
to, to see Jim Desmond get across the line, to, to see what's happening in, in Chula Vista, to see what's happening in, in America. You know, they, they, they've tried everything. I'm not sure if you saw the, the things last night, but they, the, we knew they stopped. I mean, there's no way bumbling basement-dwelling Biden got 81 million votes. People say, you're an election denier. No, no, he's election denier evidence. The guy's a complete moron. Look at him. And Kamala Harris, <laughs> Kamala Harris, <laughs> you know, what do you, what do you think of fentanyl flooding across the border? <laughs> like she's just, like you, they got 81, they got eight, oh, they, they're the most popular elected people of all time and they're also the most loathed. How does that work? How can they be the most popular ever elected and yet the most loathed? How does that work? They're walking evidence that our elections have been corrupted and defiled by globalists. But by people that, that don't care about your vote, they care about their power. And if you think, no, people would never do that, um, darling, history. Human history might be something you might want to study. People care less about you and more about themselves. And so we want to evict those people. We want to make sure that we've set. So Kari Lake last night, they were trying to get her to concede. That they, they did everything they can to derail the train. But it's impossible for her to lose. She, she this morning I, when I woke up, Kari Lake has won Arizona. She has won Arizona. She's won Arizona. It's impossible for her to lose. She's, and she's won it by at least five or six points. And, uh, and so now it's Mark Fincham and... Um, McMaster's are getting across the line as well because they, they all ran as a, as a ticket. But, but they knew, if it, the Globus knew if they could keep Arizona, then they could keep a, a, a corruptocrat, a, a reprobate in the Oval Office in 2024. But once Arizona cracks, all the other ones. You can't tell me that Fetterman, who can't finish a sentence, who, you know, can't discern the difference between porridge and steak, beat, you know... Dr. Oz, is this, so these people are not conceding because they see the corruption. They see the corruption. But we're not, we're not worried. We're not upset because we know that we're called for such a time as this. We don't need favorable wins for the gospel to work. The gospel works some most powerful in adversity. And let me just say this. I know that they're trying to say that 61% of uh, Californians voted for Prop 1, which is, you know, the birthday abortion Thing that a person can be born and then aborted. Um, 61% of didn't. It's just, it's a wickedness. But don't think this is the first time that this has happened. This is not the first time this has happened. In, in Egypt, an edict was given out that when a baby is born and it's male, it is to be thrown into the Nile River and drowned. But the Bible says the midwives feared the Lord. The midwives feared the Lord and refused to obey the edict and the command given by Pharaoh at their own lives. And you know what's going to happen? You know, it's one thing for them to pass laws. It's another thing for people to obey and observe wicked, ungodly laws. And we're going to, we're going to put the fear of the Lord in people. We're going to raise, we're going to preach the gospel like we've never preached it before. We're going to raise and put courage in nurses and doctors. Who, who's going to put the knife into the throat? Who's going to plunge a, a scalpel into the heart of a brand new baby? People are going to see it and say, my God, we've got corruptocrats and we've got reprobates and we've got wicked people and they need to come down. We need free and fair elections. We're done with the ballot harvesting. We're done with all this nonsense. 
the, the Newsom, the most loathed, pathetic swamp creature somehow gets reelected. Yeah, right. Give me a break. It's all right. We're good for the battle. Somebody say amen. Bible says that he arms us and equips us for battle. You are armed and you are equipped for battle. He arms you and equips you for battle. You know, the Bible says put on the whole armor of God. Put on the whole armor of God. It's not a fashion thing. Put on the whole armor of God. I like your, oh, that's a nice helmet. You know, the breastplate of righteousness. Is, have, you got anything in, have you got anything in yellow? It's not about fashion. Take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The Word of God is a sword. Well, you know, Jesus, I'm not sure you should use that kind of vernacular. It lends itself to violence. Sword of the Spirit. Can't you say, you know, it's the fluffy toy of the kingdom. Take up the Word of God, which is the sword of the Spirit, the shield of faith, by which you'll be able to extinguish some of the, excuse me, most of the, Come on, all of the fiery darts of the evil one. All the fiery darts of the evil one. You and I are created to walk in the armor of God. You and I, on this side of eternity, we have mission, we have assignment. Now, when we get to heaven, all our enemies have been defeated. God said, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. When we get to heaven, the battle is over. Let me tell you something about battles. You know what emerges from battles? Heroes. What emerges from battles is victors. When we get to heaven, the battle's over. I don't know about you and me, but I want to, I want to live this life. I want in this life to conquer some giants. I want to take down some strongholds. I want to defeat some enemies. I want to wrought some victories that seemed impossible. God has equipped you and I with armor. He has equipped you and I with weaponry. He filled you with power from on high. You shall receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. And you'll be my witnesses. We are called to flip. We are called to turn. We are called to shift. We are called to bring down. We are called to exalt. We are called to lift up. We are called to bring heaven to earth. We are called to bust the devil. Jesus defeated the devil 2,000 years ago. And for 2,000 years, the church has had authority over the devil. But we had... We had a generation, two generations ago, that decided they just wanted to go passive Christian. So they handed down a woke gospel, and so now we're in the mess that we're in. But I thank God for the mess that we're in because we are raising up warriors. Can somebody say amen? You know, David, King David, we all know King David is the one who took down Goliath and David, the great king of Israel, and, you know, Jesus, son of David. But David, when he turns up to the battle... Everybody's looking at him. Who's that kid? Oh, he's, he's the shepherd boy. He, he's, the, he's the eighth son of Jesse in Bethlehem. And yeah, he, he's, 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 he's a courier today. He's bringing bread, wine, and cheese to the commander of the army to bring back a report to his daddy. So, so everybody knew David as the shepherd. Everybody knew him as the courier. In fact, if you, if you kind of live next door or... Went to visit, you'd also know that he was a harpist. He could play the harp and he, he used to write songs. Isn't that sweet? What a sweet little boy. Great little shepherd, looks after a few sheep. Great little courier, dad could trust him. Great little songwriter. But it wasn't until he stood in a valley facing a giant 
wasn't until he was facing insurmountable odds because an entire army who trained for battle, who were armored and equipped for battle, who learned combat and combat skills, looked at Goliath and said, who is able? Who, who, who is able to go against this man? Surely he has come to defy the armies of Israel. And, and David's like, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. How come no one's taking care of business? Have you seen this man, they said? The courier, shepherd, harper, songwriter walks into the battle. That day, everybody saw the shepherd, songwriting, harpist, courier walk in. But what God revealed is what God saw in the boy. Everybody else saw courier, shepherd, harpist. God saw warrior. God saw conqueror. God saw king. A boy comes out with the head of Goliath. Can I just tell you, there are things inside you that you don't see that God sees. And there are things inside you that will only emerge, that will only be revealed, that will only develop, that will only be exposed when you are faced with an enemy. There's a, there's a, a statement, the necessity of an enemy. Sometimes you need an enemy. Sometimes you need a battle. Sometimes you need a Goliath. Sometimes you just need a devil standing in front of you, taunting you, threatening you, intimidating you bullying you assailing you trying to steal from your marriage steal from your family steal from your children steal from your finances steal for your future for the real identity to emerge a shepherd boy goes in but the shepherd of Israel comes out a king emerges can I just tell you in this house we are determined we're not going to step away from the battle why would we step away from the battle do you know what the battle does the battle brings warriors and kings out of people the greatest days are ahead Marco Contreras warrior he's a warrior he's a king flipping Chula Vista we bring kings out of people somebody say amen. amen we would not know Winston Churchill Winston Churchill who would who would sleep in till sometimes noon and then he would run a hot bath and would get in the bath with a cigar and a whiskey and he'd have his secretary sit outside the curtain and he would just dictate and she would, and he, he literally ran the nation from there. Winston Churchill. But he was the one who had the strategy to defeat Hitler. He was the one when Chamberlain come back and says, peace in our time. I've, I've met with Adolf Hitler. He's a man of his word. He's, he's promised us peace in our time. And literally it was a lie and a deception so that they would not be on the offense. So that they would be easily ensnared by the Luftwaffe and the Blitzkrieg, it was Winston Churchill that inherited a war and inherited a mess. But we know him today as a great hero. We know Abraham Lincoln as a great hero in the Civil War because he inherited a mess. The world may be a mess. There may be a mess still to clean up in California, but I've got great news. I'm looking at God's church. I'm looking at God's anointed. I'm looking at God's mighty men and mighty women. David said this in Psalm 144 verse 1. He said, Blessed be the Lord my rock who trains my hands for war, my fingers for battle. One of the songs that we sing is, you know, my warfare is my praise. My worship is my weapon. 
and my, th th these are not just songs and cute little anecdotes. These are things that we believe. We believe that as, as we praise, the walls come down. As we pray for two years, Ito, the schools open up and we can go in and begin to reap a harvest. We believe that there are things that will never be fully developed in you and I unless there's a battle in front of us, unless there's an enemy taunting us. Gideon, we know Gideon's name means one who cuts in pieces, warrior, one who cuts in pieces. And yet, Judges 6 finds him hiding, threshing wheat in a wine press in order to hide it from the Midianites. In other words, he's, he's just, he's, he's working some tables for cash so that he doesn't have to pay it to Mussolini. He doesn't have to pay these exorbitant taxes to a rogue government. He's, he's, he's hiding, threshing wheat in a wine press, just trying to preserve himself. And an angel comes and unlocks. He says, Gideon, you mighty man of valor. He's like, stop being sarcastic. He says, no, no, the Lord is with you. Yeah, God is with us. <laughs> oh, God is with us. Have you looked around? Have you seen our circumstances? Have you? Are you have you seen the condition of the land? And the angel had to literally say, Jürgen, paraphrasing, oh, no, 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 hang on. I'm, I'm not saying that God has given you favorable winds. I'm not saying that God has cleaned up the culture to make life easy. He's saying, I'm saying that the Lord is with you. God is with you. Oh, oh, you know, some, some knucklehead was piping off about California this morning that doesn't live in California. I get a little bit defensive. Well, he's like, how does that make you feel? I'm like, I want to headbutt the person, but they're a woman. <laughs> Just maybe break a nail or something. so easy just to throw stones oh oh you know california look at oh it's unfavorable i like it I, I like it because the lord is with me if god is for me who or what can be against me the angel didn't come saying hey listen let me let me clean up it tell me what you don't like give me a list give me a list of what Okay, you don't like the Midianites that come in, all oh, that, oh, oh, they do what? Oh, I'll fix that. We'll get onto it right away. No, no. He just comes and says, the Lord is with you, Gideon. In the midst of all the chaos, in the midst of all the crazy, in the midst of Prop 1, in the midst of broken elections and false elections and lying and thievery and wicked agenda and plundering and evil, and in the midst of all of that, the Lord is with you. And... You will defeat the Midianites as one man. Have I not sent you? Go in this might of yours and you shall save Israel. When God is with you, when God, the only thing the enemy is terrified of is God in us. He doesn't mind our logos, our slogans, our billboards. He, he doesn't even mind our, our gathering, just so long as there's no power, just so long as there's no courage, just so long as there's no fight, just so long as... It, but we ain't, we ain't buying into the woke, weak, pathetic gospel. We're going to preach a gospel of transformation. We're going to preach the gospel of the kingdom. This gospel of the kingdom must be preached. Then the end will come. 
We're preaching the gospel of the king's dominion. We're preaching the gospel of taking our cities back one school board at a time. Taking our cities back one district at a time. We are, we are, here. We are not stepping back. We are stepping up. And we're going to bind and loose and we're going to tear down and we're going to take down everything that opposes God. Can somebody say amen? Heroes rise when they're outnumbered. Heroes rise when they're outnumbered. I thank God that it may feel like, man, we're just outnumbered. Man, Pastor Yergs, it just seems, it seems too much. It just seems like they, they've had California on a shoestring. It seems like the, the Pelosi crime syndicate mafia family have got it all rigged, and it's all rigged, and how can we? Heroes rise when they're outnumbered. How many people you know, saw the movie 300? Do you know what you would have done? You would have turned that movie off if it was, if the, if it was called The One Million. The One Million Against 300. Yeah, they whooped him. Yeah, there's a million of them, and, and they found 300, and they whooped him. Like, what kind of a boring, garbage movie is that? But it's when a guy who, because of politics, is not allowed to take any more than 300 people, and even then it was kind of like, but he was doing it as a king with his hands tied to defend his people against a one million man army. And when they sent an envoy, an ambassador to try to say, hey, listen, if you yield, we'll leave you alone. And he says, yield, yield, this is Sparta. <laughs> and the war goes on. And it's 300 against insurmountable odds. But it became this incredible movie. Why? Because heroes rise in insurmountable odds. Drew Davies, heroes rise in insurmountable Gets a building. Have, have, they moved there in 2020. They moved to a place where people were fleeing. They moved to a place where I'm sure people would have said, hey, listen, wow, you, you got... Your, your wife's pregnant with baby number three. You've already got two little ones and you want to be a pastor of it. Why don't you move to a Bible built area where there's an amen, there's a resonance. It's, it's going to be easier. You know, people will tithe. Don't, don't go to a place where there was a great church, but it's kind of gone backward and now people are skeptic to, to give money. Why, why, why would you? But there's something about insurmountable odds. It brings heroes. It brings warriors out of people in first Corinthians, uh, first chronicles 11 15 to 19 go there this is probably my favorite scripture and i promise you i'm landing the plane it says now the three now three of the chief 30 chief men went down to the rock to david in the cave of adullam and the army of the philistines encamped in the valley of rephaim David was then in the stronghold, and the garrison of the Philistines was then in Bethlehem. And David said with longing, Oh, that somebody would give me a drink of water from the well of Bethlehem, which is by the gate. So the three broke through the camp of the Philistines, drew water from the well of Bethlehem that was by the gate, and took it and brought it to David. Nevertheless, David would not drink it, but poured it out to the Lord. And he said, Far be it from me, oh my God, that I should do this. Shall I drink the blood of these men who have put their lives in jeopardy? For at the risk of their lives, they brought it. Therefore, he would not drink it. These things were done by the three mighty men. 
just, just an incredible story. We've been down to the cave of Adullam, down there in Engedi, and uh, we took the bus. And even on the bus, it was probably a good hour from, from Bethlehem by bus. So this is probably three days there and back. And it wasn't an, a command of David. David, Bible says David was in, in the middle of the battle, surrounded by the enemy. And he just said with longing, oh, give anything right now in this parched desert down by the Dead Sea. I'd give anything right now for a drink of water from the wells of Bethlehem. The three mighty men didn't say, yeah, oh man, if only like that could happen. Maybe God can do a miracle. The, the three men said, no, no, we're going to be that miracle. We're going to be that breakthrough. The three men, they, they heard what was in the heart of their, their leader. And they took it upon themselves to make his his desire, his wish, their mission, their mandate. They broke through the Philistine garrison, drew water, and then had to break back through fight, risking their lives. And bring, they bring the water back and they bring it to David. And when David sees the water and he knows where it came from, he couldn't drink it and he poured it out. And he says, what kind of men, what kind of faithfulness, far be it from me that I should drink the blood of these men who are at their, the, the jeopardy, the risk of their lives, that, that they, how did David get such, what, what, what kind of a culture is that, Pastor Colin? How do you build a culture like that? Well, you build a culture like that because it was in the same cave, the cave of Adullam. Just a couple of years earlier, where those same mighty men are with David, and Saul has sent his assassins out to strike David down, and those, those mighty men are with David. And when they see Saul, who has come in to relieve himself, has his back to David, relieving himself, which needs no more explanation, they're like, oh my gosh, he's completely vulnerable. Do you know how hard it is to stop peeing once you've started? <laughs> it hurts. It's hard to fight a guy. Ah, ah. They're like, strike him. Strike him now. And the throne's yours. It's self-defense. 3,000 assassins in the countryside. And God has sent the enemy, the commander in. You're the guy anointed by Samuel to be the king of Israel. Strike him. You'll only have to do once or give us the command. We'll only have to strike him once and it is over. And the throne and relief and peace. And you won't have to. And the Bible says David went from behind the rock and just cut out a piece of his garment and, and they're like, what the heck's he doing? And then Saul walks out. And then David goes behind him. And as Saul's walking towards his men, David says, my Lord, King Saul. And he turns around. And here's David holding the cloth. And Saul felt a little breeze. <laughs> Thought it was a draft. And he says, God delivered you into my hand. But far be it from me that I should strike the Lord's anointed. And Saul said, is that you, my son, David? Truly, you are more righteous than I. Truly, the Lord has given you the throne of Israel. I've never seen such honor. I've never seen such loyalty, such faithfulness. David's men on that day saw a faithfulness and a loyalty 
that inspired them. You just need to understand what, what David did. Like when God says, David is my favorite, we can all throw stones. You yeah, would have been Bathsheba. Oh, well done, Einstein. Well done. We can all point out David's weakness, his blemish, his fault. I, I don't know. David didn't have a, where, where, where did he get that from? Saul was the first king. It wasn't like David read in the annals of the kings of Israel that there was another king. And, you know, he was, and there was another, there was no example of what David did. David was a pioneer in honor, pioneer in faith. He, 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 he knew, he knew the things of God that if he was to take the throne by shedding blood, he'd have to keep the throne by shedding blood. That's why those who stole the election in 2020 through fraud had to use fraud yesterday to keep power in 2022. Because if you use it to get it, you've got to use it to keep it. But yesterday was incre incredible. It was exposed on many, many fronts. Yesterday what happened, and even the areas where it looks like, oh my gosh, you know, we, we, we lost, you know, we know we didn't lose, but, you know, they, they're already they're, the, the false prophets, the prophets of Baal, the mainstream media are calling it to Fetterman and calling it to Shapiro, calling it to, no, 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 the, the, the battles, it's about to all unravel, it's about to all come undone. It is a time of warfare, it is a time of battle, but God works behind enemy lines. God brings warriors. Our job is to raise develop release and deploy warriors in such a time as this somebody say amen amen joseph i mean i didn't even have time joseph was behind him at enemy lines joseph's down there in in egypt sold into slavery but the bible says and the lord was with joseph yeah but you know he had a dream of greatness and now look he, he instead of harvard he's a slave Instead of Yale or Oxford, he's, he's taken down in shackles and chains and sold into slavery to Potiphar's wife or to Potiphar's house. And then Potiphar's wife decides, well, he's chattel. Potiphar's away. I keep getting lipstick on his collar. If he's doing it, I'm going to have some. Slave boy, run my bath. Now sleep with me. And he's like, I ain't sleeping with you. I'm not even tired. It's the middle of the day. The Bible says he refuses to lie her, even though her advances were daily. Every day she's trying to seduce him. Every day she's trying to, he refused to be with her, be near her. Then one day she corners him in the house, sends all the servants out, and she comes out completely disrobed. She ain't going to tell anybody because the penalty for adultery in Egypt for a woman, and it's still the same today, is death. So she ain't telling nobody, and there's nobody in the house to be no witnesses the only person who would know would be Joseph and her. But Joseph's like, sorry, darling, there's a thing called God. And so you would know, I would know, and he would know. And right now, he put a dream in my heart. And I know that he's with me. And the devil's trying to say, give up on your dream. How, how is the sun, moon, and stars going to be? Look at you. You're a slave. You have no passport. You have no driver's license. You have no freedom. You have no identity. You are a slave. You are chattel. There's, a, there's a, a receipt over here that says for 30 pieces of silver, 
you were purchased by Potiphar. You are his slave. But Joseph's like, even though circumstances aren't favorable, and even though odds are insurmountable against me, if God is with me, greater is he that is with me than anything that I'm facing out there. And the God that is with me is not a man that he should lie. The God who is with me is the God with whom all things are possible. The God who is with me put the sun, moon, he hang, the Bible says he hung the earth on nothing. Have you ever looked at the earth from outer space? It hangs on nothing. It doesn't fall down and bounce like it, it just hangs on and rotates perfectly. This is the God that's with, Dave, uh, with Joseph. Joseph then gets falsely accused of attempted rape. And now he's in a prison. You would think in the prison, it's over. No one's going to hire an ex-felon, especially for attempted rape. The most untrustworthy human is somebody that when his master goes out of town, tries to rape his master's wife. Oh, give up on your dream. You're in a prison. Look at the bars. But he saw through the bars and saw the stars. And God says the sun, moon, and 11 stars would bow down to him. He refused to give up because God was with Joseph in the prison. And he kept interpreting other people's dreams. He kept being faithful with other people's dreams. And then God exalts him to the right hand of Pharaoh. Now his brothers, those little dirty dogs... His brothers come to him, and I want to finish with this. His brothers come to him, and when they realize who it is because of a famine in the land, they fall on their face, and they realize, oh, my gosh, this is God. God has brought our sins full circle. We deserve to die. Did he not scream? Did he not beg us? Not to kill him. Did he not beg us? Remember when he cried and pleaded with us not to sell him to the Ishmaelites, but we did it. And then we went back and broke daddy's heart. We broke Jacob's heart saying that the son that you love, the one that you made the, the multicolored garment for, he's dead. Is this, is this his garment? We found it all torn and they put goat's blood on there. And the Bible says, and Jacob died on that day. And they said, surely this is God. This is God. In the Middle East, they call it karma. Over here, they, there's a saying, what goes around comes around. They're saying this is justice. And watch Joseph. Joseph has God with him. He has the Spirit of God with him. They, they were nasty, cruel, unkind, unfair, uncaring. Literally, murder was in their heart. But they didn't murder him because they could make money. So they sold him into slavery. But they're like, he's as good as dead. And Joseph says, am I in the place of God? He says, do not be afraid. What you did to me, you meant for evil. But God, he meant it for good. He sent me ahead of you to Egypt. And so he has been with me all these years. And he has exalted me to this place. Don't be afraid. I'm going to look after you. I'm going to look after your wives. I'm going to look after your little children. And I'm going to look after all your livestock. Because he sent me ahead of you. What you meant for evil, God meant for good. That's the God that we serve that only comes out in insurmountable odds. Only comes out when we face adversity, 
when we face injustice, when we face cruelty, the things that Leanne, that God has been able to do in Leanne and I, I look back and absolutely I wouldn't choose some of the things that Leanne and I had to go through, but I wouldn't change one of them. I wouldn't change because it forced me to get out of my flesh into God so that we have no animos, we have no animus towards the people who meant us harm and meant us evil. Come on, let's stand to our feet. Lift your hands high to heaven. The gospel works at its most potent behind enemy lines, behind enemy lines. I just, and I say all of that to say we are winning, but I didn't want to kind of, because it would ruin the message. We are winning. We are winning. But right now there is a battle raging, and that battle is going to bring kings. Colin Higginbottom. Colin and Melissa Higginbottom. Move to San Diego with a flooring company. With a flooring company. Everybody saw, well, you know, he's a, he's a great marketplace guy and a business guy. He's a business owner. Oh, he's got a flooring company. But because he's faithful, because he's willing to, to walk into a, into a valley where there's a Goliath, a king is emerging. A conqueror is emerging. A warrior, a victor, a territory taker, a, 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 a city and state changer is emerging. Lift your hands high to heaven. Father, I thank you for these great people. Thank you for your anointing and your favor. Never, ever fear the battle. God has equipped you for the battle. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against all the, and having done all to stand, stand therefore, stand therefore. I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. Take up the sword of the spirit, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, belt of truth, feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of, I'm telling you, you are anointed and appointed for such a time as this. Any adversity that you're, you're facing, the adversity is there to bring greatness out of you. The adversity is there to bring the warrior out of you, to bring the king, to bring royalty, to bring a crown. David walked in and took the head of Goliath, but on the head of David, not long after that, a crown was placed. You may be in the battle of your life. You may be facing Goliath. Guess what? You're coming out of that valley with the head of your enemy, and then a crown will be placed on your head. A crown will be placed. Father, we thank you right now for your sons and daughters. Bless them, I pray, in Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.